Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. <laughs> Rick. Yeah? It was a good day, Monday afternoon. Why is that? Monday night. I don't know. They they claim the dynasty was dead. But, you know, Cam Newton is a New England Patriot now. Now, before everybody clicks off this video because it's two Patriots fans floating, <laughs> I'm just going to say we're happy it's not still. <laughs> Are you sure? I was excited. No, I wasn't. I know. I was kind of excited to see Stidham too. I'm not going to lie. Um, Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always. Um, we've got some stuff to get to in this episode. News, wide receiver rankings, all that good stuff. Um, the news won't be long, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, be sure to check out our website at thefantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs on Instagram at thefantasychampions. Like us at facebook.com forward slash thefantasychampions. Subscribe wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. If you're on YouTube, click the bell for uh, notifications. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts and then share this whole entire podcast with your friends. Please do that because it helps the brand. Um, we also wanted to uh, uh, mention the draft guide Holy smokes, tomorrow it is wow. being launched. Um, you can order the guide at $25. It launches tomorrow at noon time, Eastern Standard Time, because that's where everyone lives. Um, <laughs> what's By everyone, it? you mean me and you. Yeah. Um, what is in this, this, this little package that you get for, for, your, for your drafts? Our full rankings, our breakouts, our busts. You get some player draft values, player breakdowns, and so much more. The entire staff was involved. The entire team was involved in this draft guide. Um, so a lot of good content. I would not recommend purchasing it if I didn't believe in it myself. I will use this whole entire freaking guide for my own draft because oh, I will all, too. It's all my research. So I absolutely will. Um. But yeah, so if you like any of our writers, exclusive articles in there, you know, purchase the guide, $25. Um, we are keeping it the same price after the deadline. So it's not going to go up to $35. It's staying at $25. So you're good. You can get it. Uh, if you pre-order now, you will be entered in for a chance to uh, be entered into our listener league. So, uh, I mean, you're going to be in a league where you can try to beat us. You're going to get a ton of really good content for only $25. I mean, that is... That's three trips to Starbucks nowadays. No, nah, that's like that's like one, dude. <laughs> like two coffees. What are you buying at Starbucks? <laughs> uh, so be sure to tell your whatever friends the, about that. Whatever the girl wants. Let's get to the news. So uh, Adam Schefter reported um, on Monday, I believe it was, that the Patriots were fined $1.1 million and that they were going to lose a 2020 third-round pick for filming the Bengals sideline. I don't know if you remember that when that happened, um, but that doesn't matter because it's subsequently followed up by Cam Newton signing with the New England Patriots for a one-year contract. Oh, I've waited two days almost. I don't know, two full days to talk about this because I needed to, to get it, get it off my, you know, get my minds or my thoughts together on what I thought about this signing. But you know what? We need to drink to this. Oh my gosh, I don't have anything, so I'm going to drink my water bottle. I'm not going to open this on the show. 
because, you know, that would be a disaster. But Cam Newton is a New England Patriot. Hell yeah. For us Patriots <laughs> fans, hell yeah. I didn't think I was going to be this excited, but I'm pretty freaking excited. Um, I think it's because I'm going to tape out this two down here and just have it be a one. Oh, come on. That's, yeah, dude. <laughs> don't do that. Um, so, yeah, he signed an incentive laden contract uh, with the New England Patriots. Um, I think it's 7.5 is the base. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So Newton no, signs. I think with, it's less than that is the base. Yeah. I don't know, actually. So. Finally, New England makes a decision on a quarterback. I did I not say this? I feel like I said this months ago that New England was going to wait as long as they possibly could to get him as cheap as possibly uh, as possible um, and have a really good quarterback. I mean, this guy, what was it? Four years ago was MVP of the entire league. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Five years ago. If he has anything left, he's going to be a stud. With the Patriots, like they went, what did they went undefeated in the first half of the season last year? Sure, the schedule was easy, but like you add Cam Newton, who who is arguably one of the better quarterbacks in the league when healthy to a team who already has a very good defense and some great offensive pieces. I mean, you know, it's pieces that can fit around Cam Newton. It's a it's a run style offense. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what are your initial thoughts fantasy wise for Cam Newton? So uh, um, where'd you rank him? <sighs> Such a tough question. Uh, I believe I updated my ranking seven at seventeen. Okay. Um, that's where, and I projected him at eleven. So, um, I think obviously you, you there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding the injury. Sure. Um, Liz Frank injuries aren't <laughs> Liz Frank foot injuries are not the greatest um, to recover from. But definitely uh, Cam Newton, who and he's a running quarterback. So you obviously are a mobile quarterback. And so you obviously have that as a problem. And um, he came out and said straight up um, last year that the foot problem was the reason why he had no throwing power or range of motion. um, And it wasn't his shoulder. So he claims his shoulder is fine and it was all the foot. And he's been working on that. So that's the good news for me. I think, you know, with the injury, you have to be tempered in your excitement. I love Cam Newton. One of the things, one of the first things, because I, what, you know, what drives me nuts about the fantasy football community sometimes is that it's all about jumping out and getting the first take and not about figuring out what you're actually thinking. Like people run out and they start typing, typing up little articles and like freaking out about and panicking about their opinion. And it's like, you don't even have an opinion yet. Like, you can't have an opinion that fast. You have to let it set in your mind first. Nah, bro, dude. I saw Cam Newton sign and I said he's QB one, bro. So the Easy. first, the first thing I thought was, can is there a reality where Cam Newton was brought in as a like? And I, I, I can't remember who tweeted this, but they said it was a flyer. Cam Newton's mm-hmm. brought in as a flyer to see if he's healthy enough to play, and he's going to be part of a QB competition with Hoyer. <laughs> And Jarrett Stidham, and that it's there's a just, chance it's going to be just Newton and Stidham. Hoyer's not going to no, really I know. be a part of that. <laughs> Hoyer signed with us because he thought he had a chance. <laughs> so horrible. <laughs> anyway, um, so between Stidham and Newton, is there a chance that Jarrett Stidham can overtake Cam Newton for that starting job? Obviously, there's always a chance uh, of that happening. Yeah. But if he is on the team week one, Cam Newton, 
I was at first I was like, oh, maybe, maybe they just brought him in to be a backup because he literally said three weeks ago that he would be a backup. Right. He's like, I'm willing to be a backup. So what is the plan the New England Patriots have for no, no, no. the I, initial I expectation is that Cam Newton's going to start. But like for me, it's that's the big question that I've been trying to figure if out. Cam is Newton like is healthy, I, he's not gonna lose the job to Stidham, I don't think. He won't lose uh, the job, but where are the Patriots heads at? Yeah, I mean that's a fair argument. Uh, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I, I have I Cam Newton projected cool. to start the full season, by the way. So we'll get too. to the fantasy impact in a second, but because I was supposed to answer your question, but I no, just I think that's go ahead. Uh, I, I think they brought in Newton to, to either start or they're going to cut him. Like, I don't really see a reality where he's the he's backup. A backup. OK, um, you know, he said he would take any backup job. I think that's just partly PR mm-hmm. so that, cause I think he was open to like, if the Seahawks offered him a contract, I think he would have taken that or the Steelers or someone like that. Yeah. Um, but with new England, I think it, it's pretty much, he's either going to be healthy and he's going to start mm-hmm. or there's something, his foot's just unfixable and they're going to cut him and they're going to just run with Stidham. Cause I think bill does still like Stidham. Yeah. So maybe it's a, just, it's a one year deal. It's perfect for both sides. It allows mm-hmm. Cam Newton to show that he's still healthy and still has it. He can go get the bag in the offseason, and then Stidham has two years of being under Josh McDaniels in the playbook and Bill Belichick. Figuring himself and out, yeah. They can, yeah, and they can play him next year. Um, so that's a fair point. So it took me uh, at least a few hours to try to figure out if the Patriots were going to start Cam Newton, which sounds stupid, like you would assume. But then watching the New England Patriots for as many years as I have, you don't assume anything. So... Um, I, you know, I do think, I agree with you. I think Cam Newton obviously is going to be the starter for the Pats week one, which is why I projected him to do so. Um, I think the biggest problem with Newton to New England is going to be, obviously, I think his health is the first main thing. And mm-hmm. the second thing is they waited a long time to bring him in. And in an off season where, you know, online the online team activities and all of that extra stuff with coronavirus it's gonna make it difficult for the patriots to cater their entire offense around cam newton so we're gonna have to see how that works i mean they're they, they are they're used to doing stuff like that um you know figuring out the strengths and the weaknesses of a player and and exploiting them on the field right and uh, and trying to make sure the strengths are shown on the field. So they'll figure it out with Cam Newton, but it's just they now have to kind of change their, unless they knew all along that they were going to sign Cam Newton and they were just waiting, um, they have to now switch their entire offensive scheme into Cam Newton. Don't you think McDaniels loves that, though? I mean, oh, he coached from Tebow. of course he does. He freaking loves it. It's just going to so, be an upgrade over I'm totally Tebow fine with that. But as far as yeah. fantasy is concerned... Every and I saw this stat the other day, and I, I preached this last offseason. Every year Cam Newton has played in the NFL, and he's played all 16 games. He has never finished outside of the top five. And so playing with the New England Patriots, one of the best teams in the NFL, right? Regardless of whether I'm a fan or not, you have to recognize that if Cam Newton is healthy and he's on the field for 16 games that he could very well finish as a top five quarterback this year. And I'm not saying he will, which is why I have him ranked 17. And I'm not saying he's going to miss time, but Mm -hmm. there's a, there's, he has a high ceiling. If he wins that job in new England or he doesn't get cut, there is a very high ceiling 
for Cam Newton to be able to perform at a high level. And you're probably going to, I mean, once the hype passes on him in the next month or so, um, and you, you start to enter that post hype area, he starts to, he starts to become, I would think a, you know, going off the board probably in this 14th, 15th round, but then you're going to have people who are just freaking crazy. Um, I, I hate that we're in a league with a bunch of Pats fans. <laughs> the worst yeah um well so cam newton's gonna go I, off the board in like freaking eighth yeah round. i know like all bias aside we usually stay away from patriots players yeah i mean when was the last time either of us had a patriots player in one last year holidays? julian edelman okay well typically you usually Lost don't me i don't think i've week. had a i don't think i've owned a patriot player since i had gronk um so we yeah. it's not just like we're patriots fans but i i think um cam newton is kind of a good fit for mm-hmm. new england i mean he is a good fit not kind of he is a good fit for new england and yeah. if he stays healthy like you said he's his rushing ability in that upside is just through the roof and i could honestly see him getting a lot of goal line touchdowns with yeah. new england and them going in a good situation i mean we see new england's goal line offense all the time it's usually very run heavy yep um which will only benefit cam newton mm-hmm. because that could mean a lot of qb sneaks and rushing right, touchdowns right, right. for him uh so yeah i've i've cam newton ranked 14th um, okay, I might move him up. I just my first initial rank was seventeen. Upside. Yeah, and like I said, I have him projected at two ninety. The biggest thing with the projections is that it was so hard because I I think I have him at like thirty four hundred passing yards and twenty four touchdowns, and uh, which is normal Cam Newton. But um, I and then I put him at like actually I probably I think it was twenty two touchdowns actually, but rushing passing touchdowns. But the uh, the biggest thing with Cam Newton and what makes him really good is that over a sixteen game pace, the guy rushes it. And he doesn't just rush; he's a highly efficient rusher as well. So it's like he'll rush it a hundred times and he'll do five yards of carry. So he's going to get like five hundred to five hundred and fifty rushing yards if he plays the whole season. Mm-hmm. And he might actually hit six or seven touchdowns, similar to how Josh Allen does it. So you know, it doesn't really matter if he reaches. 3,700 yards and 28 touchdowns, you know, through the air. It just really matters if Cam Newton is able yeah, to get. It's going to be very similar to right. So um, it's exciting to see Cam Newton. Now, I do think this does have negative impacts on, and people are going to think I'm crazy. It does not have negative impacts on Sony Michelle. This actually helps Sony, Sony Michelle out a lot. Sony Michelle continues to be a little bit of a, uh, of a quiet sleeper this year. And it's so gross, but you know what? Same with James White. I think this helps James White a lot. Too. Uh, I'm not, I mean, you, I don't disagree. disagree. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you because Cam Newton okay. threw to Christian McCaffrey all the, McCaffrey, you know, for yeah. two years. So like, I don't think it's a bad thing. We have to see how the Patriots utilize jo- James White with Cam Newton. That's the thing for me is like, I mean, if they utilize him the same way that the, you know, the Panthers utilize Christian McCaffrey through the year, then you can expect good things possibly from James White this year, but that's only in a PPR format. I don't think there's going to be massive things for James White. Um, there have been years where he's finished as a low end RB one. I think he did in 2018. So he, it's not a bad play, but it's not, like I said, the, the Sony Michelle, James White thing is not sexy, but I think Sony Michelle is very like locked in. This does, this does uh, bring Sony up a little bit for me from where I had him. Just because, just because of the scoring impact, like who are you down on? Uh, Julian Edelman, Nikhil Harry, and uh, Muhammad Sanu. Sanu's worthless, but um, in, in fantasy, in real life, he's valuable. But um, 
Yeah, as far as like you can take Ms. Sanu and put him off to the side and the tight ends and put him off to the side. I think for me, the question is, does Nikhil Harry have the rookie breakout season that or not rookie breakout season, but the, you know, a breakout season that some people have pegged him at, you know, or does he have a much better like it's either the DJ Chark of this year. You know what I mean? Where he has a terrible rookie season, then comes out in his second year and performs well. Um, just I, looking at Cam Newton and his numbers in through the air when he was in Carolina, and I don't know if it changes in New England. I, I highly doubt it. He's never thrown over 525 pass attempts. So, like, I don't know if Cam Newton can reach that point of being able to, you know, get past 3,700 yards and, you know, maybe 28 touchdowns because he's never thrown over 26 touchdowns either. So it's like, I just think that kind of hinders the Patriots receiving core a little bit in terms of production fantasy wise, which I would agree with you. Um, except for Nikhil Harry, because Cam Newton's history is he likes the bigger wide receivers. Okay. Um, and he's always had Calvin Benjamin, um, Devin Funches. Like he, he typically like those guys just weren't great fantasy wise. No, they weren't. But for Carolina, they were the team's number one receivers statistically as well. So I'm not saying Nikhil Harry is going to be great fantasy wise, but he might be better with Cam Newton actually than Jared Stidham. He might. I mean, I don't like. We just we don't know what Jared. We don't know what Jared Stidham. Think. What they want to utilize Jared Stidham for, you know, I in terms Stidham of strengths and weaknesses. Brady, just a little bit more mobile. Like the offense would have been similar. Yeah. But I. I mean, I don't disagree with you that Cam Newton will target Nikhil Harry. Like he was mm-hmm. very fond of Curtis Samuel, and he was there too, and and so Julian will get targets. Yeah. But, I was just looking at the target shares and like, if you're going to throw it to the running back 80 to 90 times next year and you only throw it 500 times, that's literally, you know, a fifth of right, all yeah. the team's targets right there. And then you're talking about Sony getting 20 targets and, you know, maybe Burkhead getting 20 targets. Right. So it's like, that's just how the Patriot system works. So now you're talking about like almost, you know, maybe a, a quarter of the team's targets going to the running back position. It's probably going to be then, like 70 to 80 targets to tight ends too. Yeah. And so it's like, and then you just start, you start trying to separate it right. out a little bit. And it's just like, like I have Julian at one six, I think 116 targets and like Nikhil Harry at 105. And it's like, there's just not enough there I to be able even, to spread it out. I don't think they'll do that. Um, right. So, so I mean, it just, it's hard to kind of spread out, you know, we spent 18 minutes on Cam Newton to the Patriots, but <laughs> um, it's, it's hard to spread it out. You know what I mean? And and when you do, you kind of notice that there's going to be a hit. Like, I think the only guy that might have, you might be right on the Nikhil Harry thing. And and like, I'm not saying Julian's going to have a bad year, but he might. But I, I really do look at Nikhil Harry and I think, you know, he is bigger. He's going to be the red zone target for Cam Newton. But I think the real only massive fantasy option for the New England Patriots is probably Cam Newton at this point. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to freaking throw it. He's going to run it. He's going to do everything. So um, we'll have to see what happens there. Um, I hope he stays. I'm freaking excited. Like if you're if you're just a football fan, I can tell you're excited, especially as a Patriots fan. But even no, as a football football fan, fan, like you should. I know you hate the Pats, but you should totally be on board with this. Like Cam Newton deserves a place in this league. Yeah, I mean, we've been saying that for months as well. Like, I just wanted somebody to sign him because he's so fun to watch. Like he was you know, he, not Lamar Jackson, but he was Josh Allen and Kyler Murray and all them before they were there. You know what I mean? And he's yep. so like, when you look at his numbers and what he used to do, he's so talented. Like he's ridiculously talented. And it's like, people just don't really remember that stuff because the NFL is what is, <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, it, yeah. No, I mean, and he, his ability to run the ball too. And people forget, like, he's never really had any help around him on offense either. Like, he, he had Besides McCaffrey, McCaffrey, but McCaffrey last two years, but you know. yeah, I mean, McCaffrey, peak McCaffrey was last season and yeah. Cam Newton was injured. And then he had a rookie DJ Moore. Uh, he had a young Curtis Samuel. Mm-hmm. That was his best receiving core. But before that, it was always like Ted Ginn and Calvin Benjamin and Devin Funches versus all his Gross. best wide receivers yeah. in the past. So, he's not, I mean, he had Steve Smith, but it was a very old Steve Smith, and mm-hmm. it was a rookie Cam Newton. And so Cam Newton in his throwing prime has never really had uh, any great receivers. And I don't know if he will in New England, mm-hmm. but I would rather have Sanu, Edelman, and Nikhil Harry than yeah. Ted Ginn, Calvin Benjamin, and Devin Funches. Yeah, yeah. Um, and on a complete side note, I <laughs> at when the Cam News New, uh, Cam Newton news broke, uh, there were you know many different reactions, and um, a prominent person in the fantasy football community tweeted that the Patriots have the worst receiving core in all of football. Um, would you agree with that, or I would have to I'd have to look again. But they, they're not, I mean, they don't have a, a great receiving core by any means, but I don't think it's the worst. I think people have just written off Nikhil Harry because if Jules is there and Nikhil Harry, it ends up being really good. I and mean, then you have Muhammad Sanu, like that team actually has a good receiving core. Like if Nikhil Harry works out, if he doesn't, then it's a 30 year old wide receiver and Muhammad Sanu who they wasted a second round pick on. You know what I mean? But if Nick, it, it all really predicates itself on uh, Nikhil Harry having success. Yeah, I mean, I'd say, like, I'm just looking at teams right now. And I'd probably say the Ravens have a worse receiving core. Hollywood Brown's great, but mm-hmm. the Bears have a worse receiving core. Again, Al Robinson's good, but after that, mm-hmm. Anthony Miller. Uh, so there, there are a couple teams here that I think have, I mean, the Packers, I think, have a worse receiving core mm-hmm. than the Patriots. And you can make the argument the Colts have a worse receiving core. Uh, you can make the argument that Jaguars have a worse receiving core. So there's there's plenty of teams going through. Yeah, the list here I think you, you're 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 extremely overreaching when you make a statement like that. You know what I mean? Especially when you're talking like people want the Pats to lose so it's badly. It's not a great receiving core though, by any means. It's, it's not great, but it's like at least like it's it's I'd at probably, least it's like, like twenty. Or, yeah, it's <laughs> like, probably around twenty. God. Like, uh, anyway, so let's talk about some wide receivers, um, because that's what we're here for on this program. I, I want to keep it brief with each one of these guys and not spend an hour on wide yeah. receivers yeah, because I love wide receiver rankings. Cause we agree with some of these guys too. Yeah. So, um, there, we're going to talk about between 12 to 14 guys. We'll see what happens. Uh, just because, um, we have some major differences at the bottom of the, mm-hmm. the list. Um, but we'll start off with the number one guy, for both of us, and it's 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 Michael Thomas. Um, when I was statting, because I, I'm so excited to re- release this draft guide so people can see my freaking <laughs> what I statted people out to do. Um, and so Michael Thomas this this season, I have him getting 137 receptions. I think also 174 targets, which is <laughs> I think a, a, how many a re- receptions? 137 receptions on 174 targets now. 174 targets is like, I think 10 less than last year. I could be wrong, but wow. it might be less. Yeah. So anyway, you have him 
But no, yeah. I mean, if you look, if you look at Michael Thomas's he had 149 career, catches last year, Mike. When you look at Michael Thomas's career and just year by year catch rate, it's absurd. And I was like, when I, when I punched in 175 targets, I was like, that's normal for Michael Thomas, right? And then I had to punch in a conservative, a conservative completion. I mean, uh, what is it? Uh, catch rate. And mm-hmm. and I went on the low end. And he still had 137 receptions, and I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stat him out at his worst, you know what I mean, year right. catching the football. So it's like it just doesn't make sense to do that. So right now, I think his schedule is like middle of the pack, and I was just like, let's just go in the middle. 137 targets, I mean, receptions is where I came up with 1,500 receiving yards and 10 touchdowns. And so I regressed him a little bit in the touchdown category, I believe, and then a little bit in the yardage area. But he still comes away with 282 fantasy points. And I I think for him, it's not necessarily that Michael Thomas is the best receiver in the NFL or the most talented receiver in the NFL. It's that Michael Thomas is the most targeted receiver in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, I think he might, he's, he's up there for one of the best receivers in the NFL though. It's, it's a debate. Uh, And for me, I actually had Michael Thomas. I went even lower for projected targets um, with Emmanuel Sanders there. And he still finishes the wide receiver one for me. So, uh, yeah, you could you could take you could take twenty targets off mine, and he'd still mm-hmm. finish as the yeah. Wide receiver he, one. I mean, he was so good last year, uh, and Drew Brees is still there. So. I hate to have a guy who repeats because it generally know, doesn't kind of, happen, and that's the toughest thing. But that is kind of tough. Um, you just know he's going to get targeted if he doesn't repeat. But at the very like. If he plays a full season, mm-hmm. I don't see a world where he finishes outside like the top five or six receivers. Like I don't a see a world where he finishes like, outside of the top two. One. Yeah, I mean, like he is as much a lock in the first round at wide receiver. If you're taking a guy there, mm-hmm. if you're taking a wide receiver in the first round, he's as much of a lock as you can get. He's played. He has only missed one game in his whole career, so it's not like he's right. injury prone. So yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not much argument here with Michael Thomas, number one. Uh, let's talk about the number two guy. Um, I'll talk about the number two guy on my list, and then we'll talk about sure. your number two guy in a second. Um, so my number two guy is Tyreek Hill, and and uh, you're, you have him at number four. So I want to know why you have him at number four, but let me just start with saying why I have him at number uh, number two. So I projected him at 239 at a statistical draw with Devonte adams um on 131 targets uh he has 12 touchdowns 1252 yards in my projections and only 85 receptions so all of his fantasy points are coming off of uh touchdowns at this point <laughs> i think i have him leading the league in touchdowns next year oh, wow. um so just you know he's in the patrick mahomes offense what can you say i was trying to That's get mahomes true. to 40 touchdowns <laughs> um but anyway so Tyreek Hill f- comes in at number two. I think the big thing for Hill, you know, the big thing about Hill for me is that, it, it, you know, it's his explosiveness. It's his ability mm-hmm. to create um, and, and essentially score at any, anywhere on the field. And obviously we know what Tyreek Hill is and we know how he performs and what he does and all that stuff. And it's hard for me to even have him at two with his 131 targets. You know what I mean? Like how little the chiefs throw the football actually in real life. When you like look look at it on paper is absurd. And it's just because of how highly efficient that entire offense works. You know, they don't have to throw the football as often as people think because they're able to score a lot faster. They could throw the ball three times to Tyree kill and have a touchdown. Simple, you know? 
Uh, but the reason why I have him number two is I think he's probably the most explosive receiver on this list. And by explosive, I mean with fantasy point totals in games. Um, he might have a week where he has like seven fantasy points, but he has several league winning, like or not league winning, but uh, several game winning weeks in him mm-hmm. where he just scores 30 fantasy points and wins you straight wins you a week in that context. And so the, one of the things I like about Tyree kill is that you can have a consistent wide receiver at your wide receiver too. you know, a guy like, you know, Adam Thielen or, um, you know, maybe a guy like Chris Godwin, you know, you're probably not going to be able to get Godwin and Hill on the same no. team, but, but you get the picture. Like if, if you have a more consistent wide receiver in your second slot, and then you have Tyreek Hill in your first slot. Hill can have those explosive games, and then you get you, you know you know you're going to get 15 fantasy points from your second wide receiver if you draft properly. So it's like I would rather have a consistent wide receiver two and explosive wide receiver one than you know have it the other way around. And so for me, I think you know with Tyreek Hill, if if he gets even a little more target share, he could he could encroach Michael Thomas on you know this list at number one. And um, yeah. I think I think he just hasn't had that. It depends on how much the Chiefs end up throwing the ball next year, whether it's more or less. He's going to be right around 130 targets. But if he hits 150, uh, he's going to be absolutely absurd next year. So that's why I have him at number two. Yeah, I, I mean, it's all fair arguments. I think Tyreek Hill could easily be the number one wide receiver in fantasy, especially yeah. if Mahomes has a year like he did two years ago when he won the MVP. Uh, I don't know if he's going to throw for 40 plus touchdowns. I haven't projected at 36. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if he does throw for 40. I think you, did you have him at 40 or 38? Uh, let me look. Cause I mean, if, if, if Mahomes does throw for 40 touchdowns, I think Tyreek Hill can, will probably 38. I got him at 38. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's debatable. Uh, Hill is definitely in the conversation with some of the guys that we're going to talk about as well, mm-hmm. though. Like they're all kind of in the same tier for me. Uh, and he, he definitely has, like, the week-to-week explosion. Uh, the only reason I don't have him ranked in my top three is because he's not going to get the same amount of targets as the other few guys that we're going to talk about uh, as my yeah. number two and number three guy. And that's fair. Um, and those guys are going to get, like, 20, 30, even 40, maybe even 40 more targets than Tyreek Hill. Uh, you have him projected at, like, 130 at targets. I have him at 125 targets, so... I feel like he's probably going to be in that range. That's fair. uh, Which is still really good with his type of explosion Mm -hmm. um, and potentially touchdowns. Like if he gets double digit touchdowns, uh, he might end up being a top three wide receiver for sure in fantasy. He might might even be number two or number one, depending on how many he gets. So he's a guy who has a lot of upside um, and is a big play guy, but I just couldn't rank him ahead of those other guys yeah yeah i mean that's fair um let's talk about number three on uh, my list and number two on your list Devonte adams who's very close i mean I'm, I'm not gonna lie i think adams may encroach tyree kill on mm-hmm. i think one of the reasons why i have tyree kill at two as well is because i think the the the, the discussion for me is julio is four i think it's just because of age and Sure. You know, the fact that he doesn't score touchdowns. (laughs) Um, That's why I'll keep him at four. He's consistent. uh, But I think it's between Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams between two and three. And I might move Adams ahead of Hill. But the thing about Devontae Adams that I don't like is that, you know, Rodgers is obviously going to target him, target him a lot. But Rodgers Mm -hmm. is also old. And um, we have him as a bust, I think, this year. So um, it ends up, you know, being... I don't think it's going to end up being meaning good things for Devonte Adam Adams. And he's coming off a, an in, a foot injury. So, 
I mean, for me, I'll, I'll roll with Tyreek Hill at this point, but that could completely change. So anyway, Devontae Adams comes in at three for me, two for you. I have him at 165 targets next year, um, which is pretty normal, spot on normal for <laughs> Devontae Adams. Um, he has 109 receptions, 1,307 receiving yards, and nine touchdowns um, on the season. So um, I think for me, it, you know, obviously with Devontae Adams, it's all about opportunity. And last year he got hurt and he had that foot injury and all that stuff happened. So it prevented him from obviously finishing in the top of wide receivers for fantasy football, but he was still very good when he was on the field. Um, the Packers really didn't change anything offensively or, you know, in the receiver core besides adding Devin Funches. So, uh, Devonte Adams is going to get targeted 160 times again, for sure. And I think with the amount of efficiency that he can have, um, he's about as safe of a top three wide receiver that, as you can get. Um, mm-hmm. so I'll, I mean, I'll stick with Devonte Adams and in, in this conversation, like if I'm on the board and Devonte Adams is there and there's no running backs, I'll take them. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you on Aaron Rodgers. I'm actually even lower on Aaron Rodgers than you yet. I, I think Devonte Adams can easily take mm-hmm. Michael Thomas's spot and be the number one receiver in fantasy this year. Uh, you know, you look at the receiving core in green Bay, they did not do anything. They did add Devin punches. A lot of people expected them to draft somebody, mm-hmm. uh, especially one of those big guys at the top of in first round or top of the second round. They did not, uh, they didn't draft anybody that right now the receiving core is probably after Devonte Adams. It's mm-hmm. somewhere like Alan Lazard and Devin punches are the only two other really guys. that's going to get a lot of targets. Yeah. Um, and Jimmy Graham left. They don't really have a tight end. Uh, they have uh Jace. I hope I say his name right. Jace Sternenberger. Jace Sternberger. It's Jace Sternberger. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, he's probably yeah, there's no not one there. Get more than like forty <laughs> targets, to be honest. So there's he might, he might get targeted a hundred and eighty times. <laughs> I have I have Devontae Adams at one hundred and seventy five targets this year. Yeah. Uh, I think wow. Like that's very realistic. He could get a, a very similar season to what Michael Thomas did last year. Yeah, I think Devontae Adams can do that this year. Uh, yeah, right. Even if Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the biggest season, he's going to just force the ball to Adams a lot. Big time. All right, let's move on to the next guy, unless you had anything else to say on Adams. No, 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 that's fine. Um, Julio Jones, I have at number four. You have Julio Jones at number three. Um, I think it's clear to me that Julio is starting to fall off a little bit. I've waited for so long, not like fall off and people are going to be like, Oh my God, what are you talking about? I still have ranked four people. Um, I have a 234 fantasy points next year. He's still going to get targeted a crap ton. Um, the thing I love about Julio Jones is, is the floor, you know what I mean? And it's the, mm-hmm. every single week he gets 10 targets every single week. He comes down with seven of those passes every single week. He has a hundred receiving yards, you know what? And it's like, he is always between 15 to 20 fantasy points. And then when he scores, it's a big week. Right. And right. so that's what I love about Julio is the, the high floor on a week to week basis. He doesn't bust generally ever. Um, so I think for me, when you talk about Julio, He's a safe pick. He's more of like a, like he's not going to, like, do you think he's going to score 12 touchdowns, 10 touchdowns this year? Uh, probably not. Yeah. I have him at six. Where do you have him? 
Uh, I have to look it up. I think I have him at six too, actually. Off the top so of my head. Julio is just never, for some reason, he doesn't hit pay dirt ever. Yeah, I'm like, at six. It's, it's like you've owned him for a long time, like in, in a lot of leagues, and he does not score. No, he does not. Um, so I like the consistency. And that's why I think like with Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, Devonte Adams, like I have all three of those guys scoring nine or more touchdowns. Whereas I have Julio with six touchdowns, but he still has the second most receiving yards in all of the league. So that's why he's uh, at number four in my list. So it's like, right. he's going to get a hundred receptions. He's going to get over 1400 yards. Right. I mean, that, that to me is almost a lock. The question is receiving touchdowns at the low end. If he gets six, he's, you know, four or five or six, you know, next year, and he finishes at that point, probably around three or four. If he gets to 10 or 12 touchdowns, then you can start talking about him the wide po- receiver one. Pro- yeah, possibly being the wide receiver one next to Michael Thomas, you know, and that is, you know, maybe by maybe like off a couple points and half PPR, obviously, but I think he could be the number two, but I just, and I think, I think that ceiling is what you can draft for, but you're also looking sure. at Julio and how old is he like 28? Julio? Yeah. Oh, he's like 30, dude. He's is he? 30, yeah. So, so he's getting a little bit older. The he's 31 years old. The shelf life for wide receivers is a little bit longer. But yeah. for Julio, well, he's it, old. I mean, he is old. There is no doubt about it. But you look at last two seasons. I mean, 2018, he had 170 targets. Last year, he missed a game and he still had 157 targets. Yeah. So he was on pace for like 160 plus. Um, one interesting stat that I came across while doing research for, the, for our draft guide um, for Julio Jones, did you know over the last mm-hmm. five seasons, so since 2015, he has not finished outside of the top six for wide receivers every so every single year he's in the top six at least. And I believe he's been in wow. the top five for those five years. So he consistently yeah. every single every year is year. a top five, top six fantasy wide receiver. That's crazy. Um, so right. So if you're drafting Julio, you know you're going to get at least a wide receiver one. There's no risk involved. Um, really whatsoever. The only risk at this point in Julio's career is just him being falling off a cliff and not being a good football player anymore because of age. Yeah. Uh, but really, I mean, other than that, if you draft Julio, you know what you're going to get. And also with Austin Hooper gone, um, mm-hmm. and Muhammad Sanu gone for a it's full true. season as well, there's actually targets to be had in that offense. Yeah. Um, I don't think he'll get any more. No, no, like I if, if they go either, anywhere, but, it'll probably be Calvin Ridley and, and Hayden it, it Hurst. It at least assures that he's still going to get yeah, like oh, 160 yeah. targets. True. Very true. Um, and, and when you're talking I, about I, Julio Jones, like right now, he's he's the averaging the sixth wide receiver off the board at pick mm-hmm. 13. So, I mean, as a second round pick, Julio Jones, yes. Like if he doesn't get hurt next season, like you're talking about, like you said, the 100, 160 plus targets. Like I'm on board with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about the next wide receiver on our list, um, and it's Chris Godwin. I have him number five. You got him number six, right? Yeah. Uh, Godwin. You know, initially when I first started thinking about the 2020 season for Chris Godwin, I was like, this man's can't keep up with the pace. Um, and I was going to, I was going to project him to fall a little bit off and end up being the wide receiver eight or nine, kind of where Mike Evans always ends. And, um, that he wasn't going to produce, especially with Jameis Winston, he wasn't going to produce at the same level he did. I think last year, let me pull it up. But I think last year he had, um, over 140 targets. I want to say 
Godwin, I believe you are correct. He had memory surgery. Oh, he had 119 targets. In, really? Yeah, in 14 games. So he would have finished. Oh, so yeah, yeah, he would have. He would have uh, finished at least around 136. So he was. Yeah, he was close. Yeah. I was thinking about prorated numbers, but anyway. Uh, so for for Chris Godwin, I think you know you could see a similar total to what Julian Edelman had with New England. Um, just considering that Tom Brady is now the the, the quarterback, uh, which is why I'm not fading. <laughs> Chris Godwin anymore because Tom Brady loves his slot receivers and his intermediate routes. Last year, Mr. Edelman had 154 targets, which was number three in the entire NFL. Um, and I think that you could see Godwin start to encroach that total of 150 targets next year, which if you're talking about like what he did last year on 119 targets was very good, right? And what he can do with, you know, 130, 140, 150 targets is going to be even better. And so right now I have 145 targets, 100 catches, 1300 yards and eight touchdowns, which is number five in my projections. Um, So I I think he has a chance, especially with Tom Brady as his quarterback who loves to throw it to slot receivers. Uh, He has a chance to, I think, supersede Julio Jones and be that number four guy, number three guy, possibly, um, and get back into that conversation of being a top three receiver next year. Um, I don't think it happens. I think he ends up five or six. But I think in in a in an offense where you, you know you're the slot receiver and Tom Brady's the quarterback, you're going to get 140 targets next year. And I think that's why I have Godwin so high. Is just he might regress a little bit, you know, statistically because the schedule is harder. But I think that you're going to see Chris Godwin also take a step forward in terms of opportunity. And if that happens, it'll kind of wipe out the regression and he'll end up probably around the same fantasy point output that he had last year. Yeah, I I really like Chris Godwin, too. Uh, I'm probably going to own him in a lot of leagues if he's there. Uh, Brady does favor the slot guy, as you said, Uh, and Godwin kind of burst onto the scene last year. I think he's at a good breakout age. He's 24. So, yeah. Um, he's entering the prime of his career for receivers his fourth year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if necessarily the touchdown ceiling is quite there with Godwin. That's the only thing I think yeah. the only difference I have with you and me for uh, ranking him because I haven't ranked six, I haven't ranked fifth. How many touchdowns uh, you got him projected at? I'm at seven, which is still good. Yeah, I got him at eight. Yeah, so that, I mean, that's pretty much the only difference because I think if he had like I have him like seven or eight points behind the next guy we're mm-hmm. going to talk about. So mm-hmm. if he had another touchdown or two, I'd put him ahead. Uh, but yeah, just cause I think uh, Mike Evans is going to get still going to get a lot of work. Uh, and then Gronk's going to get a lot of work in the red zone. They still will have OJ Howard and Cameron Brady. Yep. So I still think he'll get a good amount of touchdowns. Just he might not get like double digits, mm-hmm. which would prevent him from being a top three wide receiver right. um, in fantasy and the tough schedule, like you said, but, Brady favors a slot guy, and it's also Tom Brady over Jameis Winston, mm. which is accuracy wise will help the slot guy more than the outside guy as well. Right. Very fair. Chris Godwin, I love him. This I year. like him. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins comes in at number six for me and number five for you. Um, mm-hmm. Man, dude, I have Nook all the way at 11 in my projections. You're not the only one. And um, it was hard. It was I hard. I was putting him at fifth. I'm not going to lie. And like, I ranked him up, but I don't even know how I feel about that. And I, I don't think he's going to be a bust by any means, but no, 
I mean, he might be considering that he's the number uh, four wide receiver off the board. Yeah. Like if he ends up being a low end wide receiver one, he's getting picked six spots too early. It's like, I don't dislike DeAndre Hopkins. What I don't like is the amount that the Arizona Cardinals end up throwing the football after Kyler Murray rushes it all over the field. So it's like, if he's going to only throw it 515 to 520 times and Hopkins is not going to get that 160, you know, target total, that takes DeAndre Hopkins straight the hell out of, you know, I think the top six for me. And it's like, you know, or the top five for me, just because he's not going to get targeted. He's not efficient like Tyreek Hill when it comes to, you know, um, receiving yards and touchdowns and all that stuff, because, you know, obviously his quarterback is going to be Kyler Murray and, you know, and was Deshaun Watson and not, you know, Patrick Mahomes, who might, he's the best quarterback in the NFL right now. So it's like, for me, when I look at, when I look at DeAndre Hopkins, I have to put him at six because I think we need to temper our excitement a little bit with Hopkins. And I think that in that offense, yes, he's going to be the number one guy. Yes. He's going to get the targets, right. But I don't think that there's enough there for him to have massive success. Now I think touchdowns is going to be the difference. You know, obviously right now I've met seven projected seven touchdowns. If he catches 10, 11, you know, you're talking about a fantasy point increase of 24 to 30 points. And if that happens, it puts him in the top three. Mm-hmm. which is great, but I don't know if he's going to get those 12 to four, yeah. you know, that 10 to 12 touchdown total. So I think with Hopkins, like I'm very nervous about him too, uh, mm-hmm. probably because of Odell last year. I mean, there was so much hype for Odell going on the Browns and then he just was even worse right. than <laughs> fantasy wise. And a lot of people expected him to be. Uh, and so there's a lot of, I've noticed there's a lot of people who kind of have the same feeling with Hopkins for this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the difference for me I do really believe in that Arizona offense. I believe in Cliff Kingsbury, at least as an offensive coach. Yeah. I like Kyler Murray a lot. And I think Hopkins can get eight to nine touchdowns, which would bring him into the top five. Uh, but he need, he's going to need touchdowns this year. Because I agree with you. I don't think he's going to get like 160, 170 targets. I think he's probably going to get like around 140 targets. Yeah. Um, so he's gonna he's gonna need that extra touchdown or two to get into the top five fantasy receivers. I think he can do it because I think that offense is gonna be really good this year. Yeah, but he's a guy who could easily bust. Oh, for sure. I think uh, you know it's hard. You know, we just on the draft guide we just finished our bust um, list, and uh, mm-hmm. I was going through that, and you know it was hard for the wide receiver position. I mean, there was some guys that you could peg as busts. But it's hard to yep. touch those top receivers and be like, hey, these guys are going to like completely poop themselves. And I think Hopkins is in a situation where he changes teams. You know, it is in a you know high flying offense that wants to throw the football a lot. And they have a quarterback who, you know, wants to run it, you know, 100 times, some odd 100 times a season. And so it's like with that, if you if you call a 600 pass plays. And he rushes it a hundred times and 80 of them are not, you know, not designed runs. You're only talking about 520 actual pass attempts. If that's the case, then Hopkins isn't going to hit that, you know, 160, 170 total that he had last year, unless Kyler Murray targets him a lot. And so it's like, uh, you know, you just don't like, you still have Christian Kirk and Tyler Boyd. I mean, I'm not Tyler Boyd, Christian Kirk and uh, Larry Fitzgerald there who also have to command some target share, Right. Mm-hmm. And Kenyon Drake, who's going to command some target For share. Sure, yeah. So it's yeah. like, 
you know, you have to spread it around. And, and, and when you're talking about DeAndre Hopkins, it's, it's hard to get him to that 160, even if I wanted to. If he does reach that point and he gets 10 touchdowns, I mean, he could easily be a top three wide receiver, which is why he's still going four. But as of right now, it's just it's it's unlikely for me that to happen. Um, but he still scores 210 fantasy points. So that in of itself is still a wide receiver one season, a majority of the time. Uh, let's talk about the next guy. The next three guys we actually agree on. We all understand. Um, yeah. Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay is at number seven on both of our lists. Um, I have Galladay a little bit lower at 200 fantasy points um, just because he he's a little less efficient when it comes to uh, catching the football, his catch rate. Sure. And more specifically last year, you would say that that was probably his breakout season, right? Yeah. Um, he had literally no, <laughs> he had no quarterbacks throwing him the football. Um, his yeah. catchable target rate was 74%, which is number 71 in the NFL. His true catch rate, 75%. Um, that was just last year in 2018. His catch rate was 77% when he had Matt Stafford throwing in the football. So, you know, you can see a little bit of an increase in that category. But the big thing that I noticed is when I projected him, I gave him 120 targets and he came down with only 70 catches. Um, yeah. And I think you're going to see him kind of stay in that range of 120 to 125 just because of the way he plays. He's an outside receiver that gets the ball chucked to him, similar to Tyree Kill. You know what I mean? And he catches yeah. 80 balls. He's not a guy that's going to get you 100 catches in a season, right? But he'll right. get you 10 touchdowns. So that's what holds his fantasy value up. I think there's a chance Galladay could get 130 targets and catch 80 balls and go for 1200 receiving yards and 10 touchdowns and end up in the top five. But um, the more I look at Kenny Galladay and project him, I think he's capped in terms of what he can do. Uh, so I don't think he ends up being a top three wide receiver next year or a top four wide receiver. I think his highest, his highest, like if you were to say the best case scenario for Kenny Galladay, it's number five. Um, and so I still think he's a top, you know, a top 10 receiver easily, but he's, he's back end. So especially right. where he's going off the board right now, as I think the 10th receiver off the board, that's, you know, a safe, a safe area to draft him. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, and you know, people forget, he actually had pretty much the same year in 2018. It really wasn't a total breakout year. The only mm -hmm. difference was last year. He got finally got touchdowns. Uh, right. he had 11 touchdowns in 2019, five in 2018, but he only had five. He actually had five less catches last year than he did in 2018. And he wow. just had a little bit more yards. His yards per reception were higher. So it was a very similar right. season, uh, just more touchdowns. So I think, you know, Galladay is an interesting player because you can argue that those touchdowns are going to go down um, with TJ Hawkinson mm -hmm. there. And uh, in 11 touchdowns, it's just hard to do for any player in the league. But with Matt Stafford playing a full season, because remember he had Chase Daniel and I think uh, mm. Driscoll, right? Jeff Driscoll for <laughs> half of the season. Yeah. Uh, Gross. So that's, that's, and he still ended up with 11 touchdowns mm -hmm. and he is kind of a, he's a big body receiver. He's six, four, two fifteen. Mm -hmm. um, so he, he's a great red zone option along with Hawkinson. So I still think he's going to get like around like nine ish touch touchdowns. I think I've projected right. at nine. Um, and then he can, with Matt Stafford playing a full season, you would expect his yards mm -hmm. or even receptions just to go up a little bit, just enough to make the difference. But I think he's going to have pretty much the, uh, the same season he did last year, and he mm -hmm. was a wide receiver six last year. So 
Right. I, I, I do like Kenny Galladay. I think he's uh, a safer bet. I think his ceiling is kind of limited, though, due to right. the players right. around him because Marvin Jones is going to eat. I think Hawkinson's going to have fair. a year two jump. Danny Amendola is still, even though fantasy wise, he's not going to do anything. He'll, he'll still get like 50 catches. So um, it's kind of, it, it, his ceiling is limited. Like, I wouldn't draft him to expect him to be the one, yeah. wide receiver one in all fantasy, but. I would draft him with the expectation he's going to be a top 10 fancy receiver at least. Let's move on to Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh, I love Juju. Oh, man. Uh, me and you both, my friend. Um, I was like nervous that your rank was going to be higher than, I mean, lower than my rank. And then I came in and I was like, wow, you have him where I have him. Yep. Uh, I was surprised too when I checked the half PPR consensus on Fantasy Pros this morning and it had Juju at 10. So um, it's higher than it was. We're not alone. Yeah, he was like 12. Not alone anymore. He's moving up. Um, which Juju, is unfortunate because I was hoping to get him in the fifth round. Juju right now, um, just because like when normal people start drafting, which is starting now, uh, his okay. ADP in, in sleeper and half PPR is, is 49.5, which is a fourth round pick uh, in, in 12 teams. So, I mean, we talk about what Juju Smith-Schuster did last year. And the thing that frustrates the heck out of me is that people look at Juju and they're like, he's just not good. It's like, do you forget who was throwing him the football last year? Are you that, yeah. you know, stupid that you can't even look at the numbers and be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> they didn't have a quarterback last year. Um, everything that we predicted for Juju in 2019 was based on Big Ben throwing him the football 165 right. times, right? And it's like people just assumed that all of a sudden Juju was just his bad receiver. And it's like, no, he's still the number one receiver for the, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's still the guy in that offense. He's going to dominate the slot. Like he always does. Big Ben just had shoulder surgery. So that, you know, for dang sure, he's not going to be lunging it down the field too often. Uh, and I, I feel mm-hmm. like, I feel like you're going to see Juju get, you know, around 150 to 160 targets and, and yep, he's going to lock that down. And because of his high efficiency, when it comes to reception and his good hands, he's going to get a hundred catches. And it's like, if he ends up with 1200 yards and eight touchdowns, seven, eight touchdowns, he's a top six, seven receiver. And I was being conservative with, with Juju Smith Schuster. And I it's like, I, I think for, for me, he's one of the best wide receiver values in the draft because he has all the opportunity. He's shown he can be a top six receiver in fantasy football before you know, and if he gets the target share, I mean, in an, in an offense where he's like, he could, he could honestly get 10 touchdowns next year. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, if that happens and he hits 1300 yards and he's more efficient than we thought he was going to be or projected him to be, he can end up being a top five receiver and to get that in the, you know, the fifth round. I mean, okay. I'm all right with that. I know. I mean, I'd take him in the third Lock we did in our mock draft. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for honestly, like, I was conservative as, as well. I think it's almost a guarantee if Big Ben is healthy that Juju is going to yeah. get at least 150 to 160 targets. I mean, mm-hmm. in 2018, with Antonio Brown there, Juju got 166 targets. Now he's the number one guy. I mean, you got to expect him to get around 100, at least 160. I, I, yeah. I went low on him. I projected him with 150 targets. Yeah. Uh, I only projected him at six touchdowns, and he still was the number seven receiver uh, in my projection. Mm-hmm. So if you give him like, 165 to 170 targets, which I think he's capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, and like seven, eight, nine, ten 10 touchdowns. I mean, he's going to finish as a top five wide receiver. And I think his value is great where he's going right now. I love Juju. 
Juju. One of my favorite players this year. Uh, for true. Uh, let's talk about number nine, Amari Cooper. I'm at 213 fantasy points. Where you got him? Uh, let me check. I have him at 210. So, yeah, right in the same ballpark. Um, I, I projected him at 130 targets. Last year, he had 120, 119 if you want to get particular. But, but he did um, miss a game, right? No, he played all 16. I think he was. Oh, did he? He missed some oh, time well, he, in the game. but He he, he um, left the game in the, in the first quarter for one game and missed the rest of the game. So he pretty much missed one game. Okay. But it's um, listed that he played all 16. So anyway, uh, Amari Cooper... He's a little bit tougher. I have him right now, like I said, nine overall. Um, and I have him at 130 targets who, you know, he probably would have reached that point had he played that full game. He's a very good receiver, a little bit inconsistent. I don't think he can reach into the top four among that crowd, but I think he's a good receiver between nine and, you know, uh, six, I would say nine sure. and five, yeah. maybe. Um, so he can finish in any one of those, you know, ranges, uh, right now he's going off the board at, let's see, pick 29. So right around the third round. So it's not a bad selection. I I don't think Amari Cooper is a sexy pick though. And he kind of scares me a lot because he's good, but he's not like spectacular. You know what I mean? He's not like he's solid though. He's a solid, he's a solid wide receiver. He does good with the fantasy point per target. The question is, can he get above that hundred? Like if he hit 150 targets, he has a good enough catch rate oh, yeah. and the ability to, you know, he's a great red zone target. So he, he would most definitely get into that top five, but I just don't think, I don't see Dallas targeting him that much with the addition of, uh, you know, um, CD lamb and having Michael Gallup still there. Um, and finally getting rid of Jason Witten. So you can actually target the tight end position now. Um, <laughs> But and then you have Zeke, who you're going to throw it to a 90 times. If if Dak throws it, you know, 575 times, I mean, you're starting to eat into some of his targets. I mean, uh, so, some of his attempts as well. So it's like, I just don't know if Amari Cooper can reach 150 to 160 targets. But if he does, he's a great value. And I think drafting him, I always look at him and I'm like, eh, I don't want to draft him. And then you you kind of like you got to draft him in the you know in the third round it's if you're there though, because it's not a bad pick. Yeah. No, I mean. Dak threw the ball 596 times last year. And with Mike McCarthy, now the head coach, I think they're going to throw it like 600 times. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I haven't projected at 605 passing attempts, I believe. Yeah. Um, so if they throw the ball that much, it doesn't matter that CD Lamb is there. It doesn't matter that Michael Gallup's there. Mark Cooper still can get like 130 targets. Um, right. And if he does that, like, again, I don't, I don't, he's kind of like Kenny Galladay. I don't really see him being in the top three of, fantasy wide receivers but he's going to be consistent he finishes the ninth receiver last year uh-huh. um in all of fantasy and i think he's going to be about the same like he's he's going to be a low-end wide receiver one um and it, it just a solid week-to-week player but yeah i don't really see his ceiling super high because of the talent around him but with the amount the cowboys throw the ball and how efficient that offense is mm-hmm. i think amari cooper is still going to be very very good okay let's let's talk about our last guy we also agree on this guy dj moore um we're going to stop here at 10 and not go okay. 11 and 12. Um, 11 and 12 for me are Thielen and Calvin Ridley. 11 and 12 for you are Cooper Cup and Mike Evans. Um, yep. But let's talk I have about Ridley 13 now. Okay. <laughs> just so it's out there. Uh, he's like, just so you know. I love Calvin Ridley. So. Um, so DJ Moore obviously had 
an interesting uh he's had an interesting path to where he is now um he's at i think i think 135 targets last year and the year before he had um 82 targets so he had the increase he missed a game had he played full 16 uh i think he would have reached 145 targets so i have him projected um at where are you dj Moore? 143 targets which is you know kind of where he is um, but I only have him projected or statted at six touchdowns. And here's the big, here's the big thing with DJ Moore, which is number 13 in my rankings, by the way. I mean, uh, a number 13 in my projections, by the way. Uh, so I think he, you know, the biggest thing for him is that he's going to get the yardage. He's going to get the receptions. The difference is can DJ Moore get nine, 10 touchdowns? Cause if he does end up doing that, it puts him up in the conversation of wide receiver six or wide receiver five. Right. Um, and I'm not sure, you know, it depends on how good Teddy Bridgewater is throwing the football next year for the Carolina Panthers. A lot of it is predicated on that. And I think what you saw from Michael Thomas last year and the security blanket he was for Teddy Bridgewater when he was throwing the football, that makes me, a little more comfortable with DJ Moore because if he ends up targeting DJ Moore 150 times, you know, or, or somewhere in that ballpark, nine to 10 times a game, like he did Michael Thomas, you're going to see DJ Moore have some pretty explosive games and he's going to be like, there's literally, I mean, you could have Curtis Samuel there. Who's not a bad option in the slot, No, but I don't think there's any other weapons there that you can really look to in Uh, terms of where Teddy Bridgewater is going to throw the football besides Christian McCaffrey. My problem is Robbie Anderson. They did sign him. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, I, you you always forget about Robbie Anderson. Dang, dude, I that freaking guy. He's a, he's the fifth wide receiver. Screw Robbie Anderson. I I don't think Robbie Anderson is going to take too much away from yeah. DJ Moore. I am DJ Moore, and I was very low on DJ Moore. Take it up with Adam. Purpose. Um, yeah, Adam will Adam will give you all the DJ Moore love. I was yeah. low on DJ Moore on purpose because I was very high on DJ Moore, and I was like, "All right, let me let me be see reserved. what like his yeah. floor and like a realist kind of that makes sense." And I had him at six touchdowns, and mm-hmm. I think I it was like the same as you. I think I'm as like the 14th receiver in my projections, yeah. but uh, I could I could easily see because I think Curtis Samuel will get a couple touchdowns, but he's yeah. not a huge red zone guy. Robbie Anderson will get a couple touchdowns. Uh, mm-hmm. Ian Thomas, the tight end, might get two or three touchdowns. McCaffrey will get three or four touchdowns. That still leaves, like, if Teddy Bridgewater has, like, 24, 25 touchdown passes, that still leaves about, uh, like, eight-ish touchdowns for DJ Moore. Yeah. If he gets eight touchdowns, which I think will probably be where he ends up with, he's going to finish as, like, the the ninth or tenth receiver on, um, in fantasy, and he's got the upside to surpass a guy like Kenny Galladay or Mark. Yeah, very true. Um, that, that will do it for our wide receiver rankings. If you, if you would like to get the full 100 wide receivers that we spent hours ranking, uh, be sure to buy our draft guide launches tomorrow. Check our website, thefantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and we'll talk to you Thursday, fantasy champs. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs. <laughs>